What is the downfall of the most determined athletes? And how do we manage living in the expectations of others? We get into that and so much more in today's podcast episode with mindset coach, Brad Dempsey. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about high performance and well-being, and I'm your host, Sonia. And if you're new around here, I am a world and multi-time national champion in mountain biking, and I still race professionally. I'm a health and mental performance coach, a writer, a mom of two little kids, and I own my own business. And if you're not new around here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're back, and I'm so grateful that you are a part of this awesome community and that we get to learn and grow together. Our athletes in school are not being taught how to organize their brain, how to organize all the things they have, or that it's even important that they keep a calendar or a daily journal or a daily planner so that they know what's going on. Because if it's all in your head, it becomes overwhelming. So we, we try to break things down into details that are important and help them under, help our athletes understand from youth to pro, understand that the smallest thing can cause mental weight in your life and you got to get away from that. Mindset training can have a profound impact on the success and well-being of young athletes and adults alike. I had the privilege of speaking with Brad Dempsey, the visionary behind Mindset Sports, a coaching company and community committed to cultivating a positive and winning mindset in our youth athletes. As two people very interested in mindset and mental performance coaching, Brad and I have sat down off the microphone many times and talked about how do you get the best out of people no matter what the age. We also have talked behind the scenes of the real challenges that make implementing some of these tools difficult. Through Brad's wealth of knowledge and experience, we break down the key components of a strong mindset foundation and discover the techniques that help budding athletes find fulfillment, intrinsic reward, and happiness in sport. Many of these topics are not new to the podcast, as I'm very passionate about all of them, and that has been the primary focus of this podcast for six years. I was so excited to sit down with Brad to talk about what helps athletes thrive, because that is such a key component to many of our lives. Distractions can be the downfall of even the most determined athletes, but in this episode, we discuss how tools like journaling, mindfulness, and visualization can change the game. In fact, I love this episode because I practice these things on a regular basis. I am heading to Bend, Oregon. I have a 100-mile mountain bike race this weekend, and I was using these techniques. I was using visualization just on my ride the other day. I was stopped thinking about what the start is going to feel like, how I want it to be, and I did a start in my head as I was riding and practiced self-regulation and mindset and all the things that are going to be a part of the start of a mountain bike race. So that's just one example of how you can use visualization in your events, but you can also use them for lots of different things in your life. Brad's unique coaching approach nurtures personal responsibility and establishes boundaries that foster growth. We will explore the extraordinary power of encouragement and reveal how parents, coaches, and mentors can effectively support their aspiring champions. Brad sheds light on the common challenges faced by young athletes, such as mental burdens, lack of concentration, and performance anxiety. Yes, these challenges don't just impact adults. He emphasizes the significance of fostering a strong sense of self, establishing healthy boundaries, and overcoming resistance to change and thought-provoking questions. For more valuable insights and updates from Mindset Sports, be sure to connect with them on Facebook and LinkedIn. 
Some key takeaways that you will get today are the power of encouragement and how we don't do that enough in our lives, how it's so important to lead by example for young athletes, and how allowing kids to take responsibility for their own growth is very impactful. We also talked about the mental weight that people drag around with them and how to drop that off. I was personally excited to record this episode because a lot of these topics are things that I have had to wade through in my career, my 20-year career as an athlete. And I wish that I had exposure to these even whenever I was a tennis player in high school because having this skill of having a strong mindset and everything that that involves makes you not only a better athlete, but it gives you perspective and keeps you grounded and helps you feel more fulfilled as you strive. And a lot of us are striving from a place without having a firm ground under our feet. So whenever we achieve the goal or we get the thing, we don't have our feet touching the ground and we end up falling. That's the foundation of all of my work, finding the joy in the process, finding fulfillment and well-being in the process so that as you are reaching for more, you don't lose yourself. If you're thinking that you want to take your mindset to the next level, I have a self-paced mindset academy course called the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy where I dive into many topics like performance anxiety, like visualization, like the type of self-talk you need in order to perform your best. We also talk about how to build intrinsic motivation, especially when it gets complicated when you start getting rewarded extrinsically for your accomplishments. That's just the tip of the iceberg for the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy. So if you want to dive in, go to moxieandgrit.com, that is M-O-X-Y and grit.com, or you can go to sonyalooney.com and click how I can help and you will see a link to the Mindset Academy. A fun testimonial that came in from Ira Laufey, auto racing champion, entrepreneur, and cyclist said that Sonia has an incredibly relatable way of delivering real, relevant, and usable information through the Moxie and Grit Academy that has helped me with my training and preparation for single track six. I find myself referring back to the videos and workbook on a regular basis and applying the principles of growth mindset, positive self-talk, grit and goal setting in training and in daily life. I also find the mantras rolling through my head on a regular basis. So I hope that if you are wanting to up your game, you can take this course because I think it will be a game changer for you as it has been for me. And I loved putting all of this together, all the things that I have learned over my career, racing around the world into actionable takeaways to make your life and performance even better. And last, I wanted to give a quick announcement that I founded an event called the Women's Cycling Summit, and I have partnered with Mike McCormick, the founder of the Breck Epic, to put on this event in Breckenridge, Colorado, August 14th through the 17th. It is a free event featuring amazing female speakers across sports and entrepreneurship and community building. We have tech clinics from Shimano and some group rides planned. And the underlying theme is turning intention into action because so many of us have things in our mind that we want to do, that thing that is a little bit scratchy inside, but that we haven't been able to execute for whatever reason, that thing saying, I wish I could do that, but we come up with a ton of different reasons why we can't do it. So this summit is to show you how you can and to help connect you with other women who are doing it too, because we all do this together. Nobody does anything by themselves and being around people who are supportive and who can help you almost give yourself permission to go after that thing and then help you figure out how to do it is so key to thriving in life. So I'm so excited to bring to you this event. Head on over to womencyclingsummit.com and there is an email list you can get on. We also have a Facebook page. It's called Women's Cycling Summit where we will be posting updates. We also have our schedule up on womencyclingsummit.com. Again, it is a free event. You can come to just one speaker. You can come to the entire thing. 
but we're just trying to open the doors and get things rolling for all of you awesome women out there. I will be hosting the event and I will also be racing the Breck Epic. So it will be a very busy week for me. And I'm really looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. So let's get into this awesome podcast with Brad Dempsey. So one of my favorite coaches, Tony Bennett, University of Virginia men's basketball coach, says humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. I feel like people in general, their learned behavior is to be humble and and to not think about themselves. But in, in return, we become selfish because we think about ourselves all the time because we, we don't fill ourselves with the thinking of how we feel about ourselves. We don't identify with um, who we are, who we want to be, what we want to become. Instead, we, we are taught to chase something else, to chase the, the big job, the dream job, being a professional athlete, whatever it may be. I'm not saying it's bad to have a dream. But the process that it takes, the strategies and skills that have to be implemented in someone's life to be able to reach that dream are mission critical, and they're being left out. And what we're seeing more now than ever with, with social media, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and bash social media. There's great things about social media. But what we're seeing is everyone's chasing, I had a coach say this the other day, trying to be the 1%. The 99% are trying to be the 1%, the, the TikTok superstar, the Instagram reels star, the professional athlete, the best this or the best of that. But while they're chasing all of that, they're not learning to have a sense of self. Like, who are you? Why do you want that? Do you want that because you're going to make millions of dollars? But we, we already know that you know, Steve Jobs, he said it himself. You can have as much money in the world as you want. So that's not going to make you happy. You know, what, what, what's your life going to look like when you get there and you have no substance? And those are questions we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. I mean, this is really important work and you put that so concisely. And even you mentioned the 99% trying to reach for the 1%. And then once you get to the 1%, there is still another breakdown of the 99% and the 1% of the 1%. And it's an infinitesimal game of always thinking I need to have more. And people also always think everybody else has it easier than me. And and I catch myself doing that as well. So, you know, whenever we're talking about striving and the process of having a sense of self and thinking about yourself in a way where you're relating to yourself in a helpful way, like what's a good place to start? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening think, I've had that happen before, but how do I start knowing myself? We hear this all the time. (laughs) <laughs> all of the time and it, and it's really what what is your why what's your purpose and you can spend your whole life trying to figure out what your purpose is what your why is it's it's not a it's not a question that you're just going to be able to answer today or tomorrow or 6 months from now you have to look at what you enjoy like what do you, what do you enjoy what what are the things in your life that bring you fulfillment is it helping someone out is it painting? Is it singing? Is it riding a mountain bike? Like what brings joy to your life? That's extremely important. 
these are the these because when you know what brings joy to your life, you're able to find your skills. You can find your skills in that. You know, I work in the the sports business. I love sports. Uh, people are my passion. Sports are, are, are my joy. Right. Uh, there's a lot of things in sports that bring out the worst in people. But again, what you find happening is those people are chasing after something without getting the substance of what's important, without building that character, that integrity. So really, I, I truly believe it starts with what, you know, you always say, what is your why? Well, what do you like? What do you dislike? What do you enjoy? If you, if you dislike something, why? Like, what, what is it about that you don't like? And really trying to fine tune, you know, where, where your brain space is. What's your personality? You know, what, what is your personality? There's so, so many great personality tools and different identify, you know, there's things out there that kind of give you an idea of, oh, I think that way. That's why I think that way. Just learning about yourself is where you start, in my opinion. Yeah, having that curiosity piece is so important and figuring out the best way that you can relate to that curiosity. Like some people love to read books and take tests to figure out who they are. Um, Other people like to throw themselves into the arena and see what happens. Something I wanted to bring up is you said that competition and sports can bring out the worst in people. And that does come from people's relationship with achievement or lack thereof or fear of other people's opinions. So, you know, you work with a lot of youth athletes. How do you help them untangle from being more externally focused on what other people are thinking when they're watching them? That's a great question because most youth athletes relationship with their sport is unhealthy. It's an unhealthy relationship and it starts from that pressure to achieve at a high level, to be the best or you know, parents, coaches, they, they want, it's, it's a, it's a constant, consistent, you have to perform at a high level and they don't, they don't know how to do that. They don't have the strategies and the skills. They don't have the brain space. So we're just putting mental weight on these athletes. I attribute it to, I talked to, I was working with a golfer this last week. I actually spent 18 holes with him. I said, man, have you ever thought what it would be like to swing a 150-pound golf club? He said, no, that'd be awful. I said, well, that's what you're doing right now. You know, I, I, I tell, I tell a, a soccer player, hey, it's like, what would it be like to go play this game with a 75-pound backpack on your back? Well, that'd be awful. I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, that's what you're doing. It's not physical weight. It's mental weight, which weighs just as much, if not more. It slows you down. It doesn't allow you to to think properly. It doesn't allow you to play free. So you have all of this constricting your mind and what you've gone through, the pressures, to the uh, desire to achieve with self and then what everybody else wants for you. And it just becomes an unhealthy relationship with the sport, where it's not even fun anymore. They're doing it because they feel like they have to. I've had athletes switch sports. I've had athletes move away from sports and move into something else. Because what we do at Mindset Sports isn't about the sport. It's about the person. And we say personal development through sports for life. So we're using sport as the vehicle to personally develop so that you can see, learn your personality, learn what you like, dislike about the sport. But unraveling all of that, it's all about like if I were working with you, Sonia, 
it would be all about you. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of a lot of people when it becomes all about them. So it takes time. But really what we do, it's about encouragement. It's about just allowing that person to have a safe space, to have a mentor, to talk through things, to talk about things, to, to gain. We, we try to meet our athletes where they're at, meaning we have all these strategies and skills or we have what we call pathways. We don't say programs because we feel like programs come to an end. We say pathway because the pathway never stops. And so when we talk about our pathways, we have to meet Sonia where she's at. Where are you at, Sonia? What, what strategy, what skill do you need right now to be better tomorrow or to be better for what you have to attack this week? And oh, by the way, we use an organizational toolbox. It's extremely important. Uh, one of our best coaches, who is a former uh, Army colonel of 15 years, is an organizational guru, and our athletes in school are not being taught how to organize their brain, how to organize all the things they have, or that it's even important that they keep a calendar or a daily journal or a daily planner so that they know what's going on. Because if it's all in your head, it becomes overwhelming. So we, we try to break things down into details that are important and help them un- help our athletes understand from youth to pro, understand that the smallest thing can cause mental weight in your life. And you got to get away from that. Yeah, it's interesting as a parent, you know, I have two toddlers and I do a lot of reading on parenting and communication. And a lot of the things that you learn that you're supposed to teach your kids also apply to adults. And a lot of times we weren't taught a lot of these things, or maybe the research around these things didn't even exist when we were younger. So the journey is helping youth, but it's also helping ourselves in the process because in order to help somebody else, you have to know yourself too. So I'd love to hear about you know your process of figuring out who is Brad and what is Brad passionate about? Wow. That's a great question. So for me, I... When I was 13, I was in a bad car accident. I suffered traumatic brain injury, which brought mental health challenges into my life to stay, like not to go away or to be fixed, but to stay. So meaning many, many years of suffering from significant depression, not just mental, not just mental, but physical. I deal with a lot of chronic pain, a lot of things that I didn't ask for and you know, when you're going through that as a young age, you're the only person going through it. You get into your only your early 20s, you're the only person going through it. But, you know, growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, you kept things to yourself. You didn't want everybody knowing your problems, your bag of issues or whatever. Well, that's that's significantly changed. Um, so we, we talk about things more openly. But what are we doing about it? And so for me, I believe in living in the expectations of everything that I teach, that we teach, that we do. And, and we talk about that a lot with our coaches, meaning the daily journal, the calendaring, the, the journaling, the reading and gathering information, learning about others, how, how we treat people, being a servant leader. Those are all things that I've learned to do. I mean, for how, how many of us will say we're not a morning person? I know you are, son. You probably get up and work out before your kids even even think about waking up, which would be really early. And so for me, I get up at 4.15 almost every morning and I work out with a group of guys. I've met over 200 guys with this group. We work out outside, hotter, 
cold, rain, or shine, uh, unless it's dangerous. And sometimes, like right now, I'm doing 75 hard. Well, why am I doing 75 hard? 75 hard is just a discipline of five things you have to do every day. You have to work out twice, two different 45-minute workouts, 44 hours apart. One of them has to be outside. You have to read 10 pages. You have to follow some sort of nutritional plan. And, you know, you have to get an adequate amount of sleep. So it's just being able to fit all of that into your day, which means you have to be organized and you have to, you have to have structure in your life. So for me, it's, it's constantly figuring out how to be well-structured in my life. I have three kids that are very busy. I have a wife who's a teacher. I serve on a couple boards in, in our, in our community. I'm on a leadership team. And so there's a lot going on. And being able to balance all of that in a healthy way is extremely important. So every time, and, and guess what, Sonia, I fall apart. <laughs> I fall apart. Like I struggle. I have challenges. It's hard. And through all of that, I get to learn and I get to share. I don't obviously sit there and share about myself with, with athletes, but I live in the expectations with them. Like I'm, I'm able to be honest and say, yeah, you know, hey, I know I'm your coach, but I'm far from perfect. I've battled that too. And that that means something to them because that means that you care and and you're willing to share and be open. And, and it helps them understand that this whole picture of authority figures, of these people are up here telling, looking down on me, telling me what to do and how to do it all the time. They're not perfect. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have now, and you mentioned it a minute ago, is our parents out there aren't taking care of themselves and they're not doing what they need to do for themselves. Therefore, they are failing their their children. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying that this is honestly what's happening. And I'm saying it in truth because I was doing it myself. I was so caught up in what I was going through and what wasn't working for me or th how things weren't going for me that I was not being a good father and husband to my wife and my kids. And that realization was like getting knocked out, like getting punched in the face. And I had to really, really, really go to work on myself. And I've been, I've been in that mode and I'm going to stay in that mode for a long time. Yeah. That's your pathway. <laughs> it sounds like so. um, something that's really important as a foundation to you specifically is learning. So you said reading 10 pages sleep. So I imagine you probably go to bed pretty early if you're getting up at 4.15 in the morning. And I think that that's often um, something that people don't mention like, oh, this morning thing, you got to get up super early, but then people don't mention that, yeah, they're going to bed at it so they can get sleep. The movement piece and then the food piece, like those are kind of four pillars that are upholding you so that you can be your best. Absolutely. I mean, that th things are really simple, but the simple is really, really hard everything that's easy becomes very, very complex. Nutrition, hydration, and sleep. Are you kidding me? Like that's, that's not hard. Actually it is hard, it, but it's simple. I mean, you have to make yourself drink an adequate amount of water every day. You have to eat the food that you're filling yourself with, right? By the way, if you're putting all kinds of sugars and toxins in your body every day, it's going to your brain. It's clouding your judgment. It's making you tired. You know, if, if you're living off of caffeine, that's not healthy either. But these are decisions people have to make. And we get upset when, when, when cancer rolls around or whatever. But 
a lot of what we put in our body causes cancer. We build new cells when we sleep. Well, are you getting an adequate amount of sleep? We need our body is built to have water. Are you like these are things that you, you, people have to ask themselves. And we teach that. We teach that to our athletes. And it's hard for them because they don't always get to make all of the decisions of how things happen in their household or, or the way things go. But again, if we're able to plant the seed of knowledge when it comes to those pieces, it's really important. Yeah, getting that physical piece, that physical foundation set so that you can have the space to improve your relationship to yourself, your relationship with your emotions, and even how to handle competition is is so key. Because if you're tired and unhealthy, it's really difficult to do this extra work. Well, let me ask you a question. You're a world-class athlete. When you're talking sleep, hydration, nutrition, like, is that not like the foundation of, of what you're building off of? Absolutely. And I think for our kids too, everybody's parenting is different. So there's no judgment on what other people are doing, but we also prioritize sleep and food as the number one things for our kids. So like we don't skip naps. Um, we will change our plan so that the kids can stay home and get enough sleep they go to bed at like we've sleep trained them. So they go to bed early because they're really different when they're not sleeping. And I know that I'm really different when I'm not sleeping, even one night of bad sleep. I'm not the same person. Yeah. And when we talk about performance and you, you've performed at the highest of levels and you, you talk about those foundational things, but you look at what people are doing instead, you know, kids on their phones, on social media until who knows how many hours in the night or playing games or whatever they're doing, eating fast food or, or not eating, not eating at, at proper times. Like they don't eat supper until 10 o'clock at night. Well, that's not healthy. You're, you know, that's, that throws your digestive system off. So these, these people are living this way and yet they're getting yelled at and screamed at because they're not performing at a high level. That doesn't make any sense. Like how <laughs> you, you've, you've done everything that you need to do to not perform at a high level, but you're expected to perform at a high level. That's, that's, there's words for that that I can't use on this podcast. <laughs> it's like letting all the air out of the tires of the car and filling it with water and maybe a little bit of gas and then saying, okay, go. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly yeah. what it's like. But you know what, Sonny? It's the norm. So why not? You know, it's the norm for, I say this resistance. Yeah. The the cell phone is a great tool to be able to contact people, be connected with people. We're on, you know, technology is why we're able to do this right now, but there has to be boundaries with everything. There has to be a discipline with everything. The fact, you know, when, when you and I were growing up, Sonia, it was bad if we turned on Cinemax or HBO on cable because there was things that we shouldn't see. But now our young people have access. I mean, we're, there's kids in first grade with cell phones or maybe even younger. They have access to anything in the whole world. They can get a hold of whatever they want to and it's in front of their face. That's traumatic. That's traumatic. Like these young people are having traumatic experiences. They're seeing, they're discussing their brains are developing. They're not ready for a lot of the things that are happening. Yet they're expected to go perform in school. They're expected to go perform on, on the playing field or, or in an orchestra or in a band. It's, it's unbelievable to me because what really needs to be happening is we need to be setting boundaries and we need to have discipline 
back in our lives. And I'm not, again, you, you said earlier, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying it's factual that we need to be disciplined people in order to uh, be at our best. I mean, that's just, uh, for me, that's factual. So you're a mindset coach for youth. And these things are kind of in the realm of the parent, right? So do you advise the parents? Like, how do you create, help, help these boundaries form in these children's lives? Yes, we try. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I spent 12 years in education. Uh, I've had many, many challenging, difficult conversations with parents. And it's hard because you don't want to point a finger. You don't want them to feel like you're judging. But one of the things I, that I get to say and I get to share is, Hey, I screw up all the time. I've screwed up too. But if you want to have boundaries for your athlete, meaning you want to set boundaries on social media, you want to set boundaries with phone time or whatever, I don't care what everybody else is doing. You have to live in that expectation too. You have to live in that expectation too. It's as simple as as a, a professor teaching a science class junior year in high school, and the ru- the the rule is no food in the room, no food. You can't have food. And then he walks in with a double cheeseburger. And this happens all the time. Well, you just lost the respect to all those kids because you told them they can't have it, but you can. And our these this the gener this generation of young people is different. They have access to, again. They have access to everything in the uh, at their fingertips. So if you're going to tell them to do something, and you're going to hold them accountable to something, you better do it too. That's just my. I mean, that's my advice to parents. I tell parents all the time uh, because kids are so smart. You know that, Sonia. And your your people are little, like they are like sponges. It blow. I, I had this conversation. I think it was yesterday. You know, life coaching's become a really big thing. The type of stuff that we do is it could be it's considered life coaching. Well, it's it's big for adults, but why 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 do you have to become an adult with all these bad habits before you get life coaching? You know, these young people need good mentors in their life. They need people that can teach them and help them maybe avoid some of the the bad habits that the coping mechanisms that they they may be up against, whether it be smoking, drinking, gambling drugs, whatever it may be. Uh, why does somebody have to go through that? Why can't they learn at an early age? And, and I know there's programs in schools, but we, we use the saying, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It has to be an everyday thing. So how can you make what you do an everyday thing? And as a parent, an everyday thing is living in the expectations with your kids. I've heard you say, yeah, living in the expectations several times. Yeah. So you're saying living in the expectations that you have for other people and living up to those expectations, AKA leading by example. Right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the, those young people now, they, those are learned behaviors. You're actually showing an example of leadership that they can mimic. They can mimic that. They already, they mimic everything else. Why not give them something really good to mimic? So my question is like, it sounds like there's, a few different issues at hand here. I mean, one of them is just some of the things that we do culturally, which I, I it, it could even depend on where you live. But number two is that there's a lot of parents that aren't taking care of themselves, that don't have this sense of self that you were talking about in the beginning, that may not feel that they can dedicate time to their their sleep and their nutrition and their mindset. 
And then you have their kids who are looking to the parents and also don't have these boundaries, but have external expectations to perform. So it sounds like there's there's kind of two different problems. It's it's number one, you know, the adults taking responsibility for themselves and who they are, which is a, a difficult task. Like I'm a health and wellness coach. Like it is very difficult for people to make these changes and to even want to make these changes. And then number two, you know, there's the kids. So it almost seems like the adults and the kids need to be a working unit together to both be trying to to figure out who they are and how to change their behavior and how to show up as their best. So, you know, you you are primarily working with the youth youth side of things. Like, how can this problem be addressed so that both sides can work together? And and I don't even want to say sides, but both both teammates in a family, you're you're a team. How can the team work together? And that's what we call it. We call it team family. Mm. <laughs> so, so the Looney team, right? That, that would be your, you, you guys are a team, you're a functioning team. You know, we, when we talk about in my house, we don't use the word chores. You know, everybody's got a, a part to play. If my wife Gail and I are doing everything and the kids aren't having to live up to any type of responsibilities and how are they being a part of the team? But they take ownership in that Young people will take ownership. They love to be held accountable. They love to have things to do. You know why? Because when my daughter gets her laundry done or when she does a certain thing around the house, she she cleaned up the kitchen a couple of days ago. Really, you know, it was a mess. We got home from vacation. Dad, I got it all cleaned up. And then I went and looked at it. She's 13. And I went and looked at it. You know how proud of that she was? She felt good because she cleaned the kitchen. Like the intrinsic reward that comes from doing stuff like that is getting missed out on all over the place because just because we're not having them be a part of the team, there's no expectations there. It's, oh, they don't, you know, uh, you know, she just doesn't like that. And all she does is she's on her phone all the time. And well, wait a second, you're the parent, you're the parent. It's, it's your responsibility to hold them to a standard of being responsible and taking ownership. If you guys all do it together as a family, it, it's awesome. And, and then the next piece, and we use triangles, Sonia. So for, for me, I'm the coach and, and I'm, I'm a part of that triangle of helping those two work that together, right? But the organizations, the schools, the teams, the sports, whatever they're involved in, that's another piece of everybody needing to work together. But what happens instead, everybody works against each other because it's a, it's a competition to see who's at the top and who can be the best. We lose concept of what really team really is because we get stuck on individuality and we get stuck on individuality in, a, in the wrong way, right? The selfish way versus the selfless way. And this, in, in, in order to really be a selfless person, you really, really, really have to take care of yourself. You got to be in a good, good place to be able to lead and help other people. And so, yeah, we're, we're up against it big time. We're so up against it that it's not even funny. But the beautiful thing is, Sonia, is there's great people out there everywhere. We just need good leaders. So it sounds like resistance is a really big part of this resistance of in, in, within the triangle, resistance of the individual, and also to hold boundaries, to create routines, and even to 
open up the hood and look inside your own brain and inside yourself, there's resistance. And people want to take the easy way out because we're that's that's how humans are wired is to take the yeah. easy way. And even with, like you said, your daughter cleaned up the kitchen. You know, I've I've only been a parent for a couple of years, so I can't really speak, you know, in this in this way for very well, but like it's easier to just pull your kids' pants up for them. It's easier to just clean the kitchen quickly because it'll be done your way. It's easier to just let the bedtime slide. But what are the bigger term, longer term consequences of this? So how do you help people, you know, student or parent, overcome some of this resistance because it's easier to just do it yourself or to do it the easy way? One of the biggest things, uh, wins that we have with our young people is having them, as, as we teach them these strategies, whether it's organizational toolbox, mindset toolbox, a part of, of those strategies is encouragement of, yeah, you know, I really think, you know, whatever they're going through, let's work on, can you get to bed by 9 p.m. every night this week? Yeah, coach, I think I can. Well, let's look at your schedule. You know, let's look at your practices and whatnot. Okay. All right. This night, you're, you're, you practice until eight. What's it going to take for you to be in bed by nine if you're not going to get home till 8.20? So we, we, we look and we break down to a T what that looks like and help them th- right, think, like critically think of, I'm just, I just, I, I have guided questions and I'm asking them because they know, like they already know. And so when you're coaching someone, they have the answers. Most of the time, they already have the answers. You have to empower them to believe in those answers that they have for themselves and to to use them. A lot of people don't have the belief in themselves or the confidence in their abilities to, to consistently move with that. And so once our young people realize, wait a second, and then you know we meet the next week, yeah, coach, four out of the five nights, I was in bed by nine. I feel much better. I, I feel clear in the mind. Like she's not just telling me that, or he's not just telling me that, like they're, they're being honest, you know, or, or, you know, it was really hard last week. Oh, well, what made it really hard? Well, this happened and that happened. That's okay. These things happen, but, but the way you adjusted, that was awesome. And then circling back when, when, when we get to that feedback piece, whether it's two weeks in, four weeks in or whatever, every other week, however we have set up with a parent. You share that, and then and then you encourage them to do the same thing with their athlete that you did. Like, hey, you know, work on it with them. Like, this is this is where you can win at home. You guys are doing the same thing, and it's going to make you better too. And there's there there's really not a whole lot of resistance when it comes to that. The resistance is, and you know this, Sonia. The resistance is someone paying money <laughs> to take care of themselves. Wait a second. I'm paying money to take care of myself. That's really hard. They, they, they want a quick fix. Wait, I can lose 20 pounds in a month if I do this program for three weeks. Yeah, but you're probably going to gain 30 after you get off the program after three weeks and you go back to your old habits. Or I'll read it's, this book, which is great, but then I'll never put the what I learned into action in real life. Yeah, it's all about lifestyle. It's, it's all about life, everything. It's all about lifestyle. How, how do you want to live your life? If, if you want fulfillment and you want intrinsic reward and you want to be happy, 
you can get overwhelmed by it or you can just start small with little things like it saying, I'm going to drink this much water and I'm going to go to bed at this time of night and I'm going to eat certain foods. That's a good start. It's a really good start because you're going to feel better uh, pretty quickly. Maybe if your body's detoxing that they may, you may throw in depends on what your habits are, I guess. So for this overcoming resistance piece, I heard you say that you ask people questions that those are open-ended questions asking what or how, and then you have them come up with their own solution because they know the answers intrinsically instead of you telling them what to do. And I think that this is such a huge part of coaching that is often overlooked is people think coaches, especially mindset coaches are going to tell people what to do, but it's not about telling them what to do. It's about helping them find their own intrinsic motivation and their own solutions. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. 100%. That's all it is. I, again, learned behaviors is uh, our young people are taught that they need to be told what to do and how to do it. Different personalities deal with that in different ways. But ultimately, if you really want to empower someone to be their best, then you want them to be able to believe in themselves, have that confidence in their abilities and, and learn how to consistently do something. And the best way to do that is to through encouragement. Encouragement is the most powerful tool for young people. For people in general, I, like I said, I work out with uh, probably 100 different guys in one week. I'm always encouraging guys. Like that's what I love to do. It, it fills me up to be able to encourage other people. You know how many messages I get weekly from guys just saying, hey, man, thanks for your encouragement this week. I think it, it really meant a lot. Like it means something to someone when, when you encourage them or, or when you see something in them that maybe they don't see in themselves. Like that, that's gold. And that's just person to person. That's just loving on somebody. And that's, for me, the, the key to everything is love. It's just showing people the love and, and, and believing in people regardless of what their opinions are, what their lifestyle is, what their beliefs are, if you can just show them a little love and a smile and, and, and tell them you care about them, and that means a lot to somebody. It really does. Yeah, and those, that encouragement generates positive emotions, which is one of the key elements of well-being. And in our relationships, it's very easy to be focused on um, critical feedback of you know, you see somebody, this is a really easy example. Someone's doing a squat and instead of encouraging them, you immediately jump to, well, you could improve by doing this. And we want to help people improve, but there needs to be more encouragement than critical feedback. And I think of this, even in romantic relationships, like how often do you encourage your partner versus ask them what they can do for you or for the household? And it's easy to slip into that. It is. You and I can go out and we, we talked about youth. We can go out to the, in Canada here in Missouri, we go out to these youth fields or courts or whatever. And a majority of the coaching we're going to see being done is what they need to do better or what they're not doing. It's a majority of what we're going to see and we're, we're going to hear. And that's what we're paying these people to do and for, for our kids. And I'm not knocking these coaches. These coaches put in a lot of time, effort, and energy but they're missing the boat on what's important. Mm -hmm. Right? They're not they're not they're not getting out of these athletes what they should be and they're not they're not getting out of themselves what they should be because they're they're focused on the wrong things. I spend every day of my life, Sonia, 
try not to be focused on the on the wrong things. That's just what it is. So you said earlier a lot of youth athletes and and also just anybody walks around with mental weight. The golf player with the 150 pound golf club, uh, the soccer player with the extra 70 pounds of mental weight. And you mentioned also a mindset toolbox that probably helps relieve some of that weight. So what is in that toolbox? How can people start shedding some of this mental weight so that they can do what they're meant to do? Yeah. You've heard me say strategies and skills multiple times. It's understanding what a mindsets, understanding what it means to focus. A lot of coaches and teachers focus, focus, focus. They get that that means to pay attention, but what are the distractions that that particular person is up against that's getting in the way of them focusing, right? So, so being able to say, okay, you know what focus means, but what's, what, what are your distractions? What's, what's holding you back? And lo and behold, a lot of times they know it'll take, it'll take a little bit of work with different individuals to really uncover that. It may take a few, few sessions, but it, in the end, it's them being able to see in front of them. Uh, I do a lot of whiteboarding. So you and you and I are, you know, we can see each other right now through this, but I whiteboard to where they can see in front of them as a visual learner, what they're saying. Right. So, so we get it out of their head in front of them. So there's a lot of strategies in that way that, that we teach visualization, breathing techniques, how to use those, but not just tell them, but help them figure out for themselves. You know, what does it look like for you? I had a triple A hockey player. I said it was weird, wasn't it? Cause I could tell by, by his, yeah, I thought it was weird, <laughs> but now he loves it. He just he just went over to Europe and played. He lo- he loves using visualization because it works for him. It's different, but they have to find a way that it works for them. And so we give them different you know different ways to try. We don't give them this big old. How do you make this an everyday thing? What does visualization look like for you? So I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt real quick and say that sometimes people think oh visualization or mental imagery is weird. But we spend all day imagining all the things that we don't want to have happen. And it's just not a conscious, I'm going to sit here and do a visualization. So what would happen if you actually spent the time to visualize what you do want to have happen in great detail? That's it. It's that simple. It's really that simple. And, and getting, getting that, but making it a, a, an everyday thing. How do you make an everyday thing? Why would it be an everyday thing? Well, you got a lot going on in a day. So it's really important that you have techniques that work for you that help you to get through the day. I always tell people this. If you can get home after a day and you had a horrible day and still smile and say, yeah, I learned a lot today or, or you're, you're still in a good place and you're ready to go tomorrow, you're in a really good place in your life. And that's the goal for these athletes. Can you play a really you 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 can have a bad game, but you can still have been effective. You still made an impact, and you still love to play, and you still want to go back tomorrow instead of being devastated by the fact that you didn't do what you wanted to do or what you should have done. But but again, we use the word creativity all the time, and I know you know a lot about creativity because you have to be creative in order to be to perform at a high level in any aspect of life. So I want to go back to the visualization piece. What if somebody is visualizing, like say this, this hockey player, they're visualizing 
Um, I don't know a lot about hockey, but like they're, they want to score a goal. Is that you call it? Is it's called scoring a goal, right? Um, yeah. And they think they visualize it, but they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that they can actually make that happen. Like, well, I've done the training. Wouldn't it be great if I could do this? And they're visualizing it, but they still think, I don't know if I could do that. Like, how do you help them overcome that barrier? Practice. So I'm very careful with goals, right? Goals that are very result oriented, like, like scoring a goal. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to score a goal. And a lot of it's out of your control too. Yeah. And so we're, we're very cognizant when we, when we work with people, it's very process oriented. There's nothing wrong with visualizing yourself scoring the goal, but to understand that, you know, how did you score that goal in your visualization? You need to practice that over and over and over and over and over and over again in pre- like actually do it. And that's another thing that drives me nuts about these coaches is they expect these athletes to be able to do things that they don't routinely practice, you know, uh, with repetition, things have to be done with repetition. So we, we make sure that they understand that it takes repetition and practice of a skill to be able to master a skill, to be able to do it in performance. So uh, otherwise, it really is just a dream. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that it's about process and skill and visualizing yourself executing on those things because those are within your control. And those are things that you can repeat. You can't just repeat scoring a goal, but you can repeat like whatever hockey stick skills you might have or like whatever type of you know sprinting workout you need to do. And then how that actually plays out in the game. Yeah, because it's so important. We say hockey is so important that if you are, if you have routinely and had done the repetitions of certain skills, you may not be the one that scores the goal. There may be a rebound where your teammate scores the goal, but you made an impact because you were attacking and attacking and attacking. You might have been attacking so much that they put two defenders on you and three of your other teammates scored because you put those repetitions in at practice. You might not be the one that scored, but you are the you are the person that makes it happen. And at the highest level, that's what you see happen in sports. How do you help people with performance anxiety? Oh, that's a great question. It, one, it just goes back to helping them understand themselves. They have to understand themselves. What, what are their triggers? Like what overwhelms them? Is it because they have too much on their mind? Is it because they're getting yelled at by a coach? Is it because there's too much pressure from their parents? Is it because there's, they're putting too much pressure on themselves? But it's really unfolding the situations that they're going through. What's happening to them? What's happened to them in the past? And this, this Sonia, with what we do, this is where our relationship with the mental health field comes into play. Because as a coach, if I uncover something that's there, that's when I, I, I work with the parents to make sure. Um, I think 14% of the athletes, young athletes we've worked with, we've referred to to getting some extra mental health uh, care, some therapy. Because we don't do that. That's not what we do. But that partnership is so important. So we're really uncovering what is overwhelming them, what's causing that anxiety. My daughter, my middle daughter, has... She's and she's a phenomenal athlete. Has uh, performance anxiety, like her stomach starts to hurt before games, and and she's put a lot, a lot of work into it. She still has to battle it. Um, she works with one of our coaches, and just uncovering what is it, 
what causes it, and what are the strategies and skills that you can use that work for you. And it's taken a while for her to find what works for her, but that's where the reward comes in. When you figure it out, and a lot of times when you think you figure it out, it, something else comes into play. But that's, that's life. You have to constantly be working on yourself and helping our athletes understand that, uh, helping people in general understand that is, it's a challenge. So as a coach, like what are those tools? Like say things that your daughter would be doing. Well, one is visualization, mm -hmm. the, the key, right? Visualization, breathing. We have a journaling process that, that we use. Uh, we, we call it prepare, plan, and then go execute and then reflect and which, and learn. So my daughters are, are both athletes. They, they journal before and after every training session and before and after every competition. They now even on their own have, they journal on their daily, their daily stuff in preparation. And what, what are they journaling about? Cause a lot of people think oh, I should journal, but they don't know what to journal about. Yeah, that's a great question. So the preparation part, uh, and we, we just have guided questions. So what's your mood? You know, when we first start out with someone in their preparation piece, let's just say, Sonia, you're going to practice tonight and you're, you're just doing a journaling entry that we teach them, hey, just use 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. But you say, um, you're preparing. Okay, you're preparing. So on a level, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest, how was your day? How was your day today? Uh, my, my day was a seven. Okay, well, why was your day at a seven? What, what went well for you today? What were some challenges you faced today? So now before they go to practice, they're getting out of their mind on paper what their day was like. What, what maybe caused them or to have a good day or a bad day or whatever, and just a little reflection. And now they go make a plan. And their plan may be to be able to over, you know, so now they're actually intentionally thinking about what they're trying to do at practice rather than just showing up and, and doing what the coach says. Yeah, I really need to be working on my puck skills or I really need to be working on, on my speed or whatever it may be. Or, you know, today I had a rough day. I just wanted to go focus on having fun. And, and not letting the, uh, my mental weight. And that would be a big win for me. And then so on the way home from practice, and then they go execute on the way home from practice, on a scale from 1 to 10, reflecting, how did you do with your plan? How did you do? You know, uh, and we and we have, we have uh, you know, for each number, we have a an identification. But how did you do? Uh, one of my coaches used a scale from 1 to 3, especially with our youngest athletes. But how did you do? How do you feel like you did? And, and not to judge yourself, right? Not to critique yourself, but to learn, to learn about yourself, to learn about your coaches, to learn about your teammates. And then the next question is, what did you learn? Did you learn something at practice? Did you learn something about yourself? Did you learn something about a teammate? Did you learn a new concept? Did you learn something from a coach? Uh, and it can be something that you liked or you didn't like. So we kind of break down that process and, and we get we get them journaling. So very much guided, I would say. Is your journaling practice similar to that? Yes, very much so. So like I got, I haven't taken any notes talking to you, but I got this and then I got my daily journal. We are constantly in what, 4,000 thoughts or something a day. I'm, I'm not a, a, a scientist or a mathematician, but we're constantly thinking. And a lot of our thoughts are really good thoughts. If you can get those on paper, 
or a lot of things that you want to be doing are, man, I really need to thank Sonia for having me on, on, on her podcast. And I write that down and I take the time to send Sonia. Thank you for having me on her podcast. That's a good thing. I mean, that's just a really good thing to do, but a lot of people, they're moving so fast all the time that they don't take the time to do the little things that they want to do. Most people, a lot of good people would think about sending a thank you note, but they let it fly by. And then, and then, and it just kind of buries themselves inside and gets added up one thing after another, after another that you're wishing you would have done. What does that bring? It brings guilt. And more mental weight. And more mental weight. And so for me, one of the biggest strategies people can use is how can I slow things down? Does my kid have to be in 500 different activities and sports? Do they really need that? What does my kid really actually like? Or what am I forcing them to do versus allowing them to, to excel? In? You know, and, and as an adult, you have to have time too. When's your downtime as a parent? Right. When, when you get in your time? Uh, well, when I ride my bike is when I get my time and then after the kids go to bed, which is why it's important for them to have their, their bedtime. (laughs) hundred percent. Everybody's got to figure out what works for them Mm -hmm. and understand that it changes it with seasons. Trial and error. (laughs) Yes, very much so. I mean, a lot of the quick fixes we're looking for in life. Guess what those are? Trial and error. And you're going to get a lot of trial and a lot of error for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And something else, like what you just said, slowing things down, like this is something that I'm actively working on. I did an assessment of myself just about, you know, happiness and stress. And I noticed that I feel the most stressed when I'm rushing and well, what contributes to rushing, having too many things on my plate, Mm. then there's an energy around, like when you are living within that, that purpose of all these things that you love to do and, oh, I want to help as many people as possible then you end up saying yes to too many things or wanting to be doing too many things. And then you're not slowing things down at all. You're adding more and more and more things to your plate, which actually can end up depleting you. So for you and your business, how do you set a boundary around saying no? I learned the hard way. I used to be an athletic director at a very prominent high school in Missouri uh, where we achieved at a high level and there was very high expectations. And I tried to, to be anything and everything all the time for everybody. And I left depleted and burnt out. Um, one, I built a million relationships that'll last a lifetime, which is amazing. But the, the confidence that I lost and, and how I left and all the things, um, were really just a culmination of me uh, going downhill on a mountain bike and having a really bad crash because I lost, I lost control. I lost control over myself and, and what I needed to be doing to be the best version of myself and delegating and working with others and, and, and using teams and whatnot. And so when we talk about how we're building out mindset sports, we are, we believe in like, you're not going to see mindset sports on Facebook as a, as a paid ad or Instagram as a paid ad or whatever. We, we wholeheartedly believe in, in having integrity. I'm not saying that paid ads are bad. I'm just saying we wholeheartedly believe in, in, in slow organic growth. We want to make sure that we are, our vision of our company is to normalize mindset coaching. And to where, to where it's something that happens all over the place. It's normal and, and it's productive. 
And so for us to do that, we have to make sure that we are very intentional and focused on the right things. And uh, that's really hard because there's a lot of different avenues and, and areas that we can go after. And we don't have the answers to where to how it's going to happen or what's going to come next. And so we <laughs> we just try to be a team and we try to work towards being our best and and in 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 hopes that the opportunities that need to present themselves for us will allow us to learn more to get better to provide value to the to those that hire us and and just allow us to continually organically grow to becoming something that one sets a standard in the industry and two makes other companies pop up like ours because we can't do everything and be everything for everybody. So we, we just, we, we really want and believe that mindset coaching, not just for athletes, but just, just for, for everybody is mission critical. It's mission critical for people to have mentors in their life. It's mission critical for people to have others in their life that are helping empower them to see in themselves what they don't see to grow and to learn so that maybe they can avoid some of the mental health or mental illness challenges. So being very proactive or maybe learn about themselves early on before they have to go through some sort of hell and back in order to learn the hard way. Some things aren't preventative, but why not be preventative? Why not be proactive when it comes to mentally, personally, physically, spiritually taking care of yourself. Well, I think that's such a great place to wrap it up. And I know you and I are very passionate about this stuff and could talk about it for a very long time. So where can people find you? If people have youth athletes that are interested in working with you, like what's the best way to do that? The best way, uh, one, uh, we have a uh, Facebook and LinkedIn pages, mindset sports. You can, you can check those pages out. We're on live every Saturday morning. We're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to provide value and conversations. You can go back and watch those videos. They're about 30 minutes long a piece. Uh, we try to drop some content each week, just simple stuff uh, that's written by one of our coaches. Again, 35 years in the military, uh, 15 years as a colonel. And then my, uh, mindsetsports.life, www.mindsetsports.life. And then we're in the process. We believe community is the answer for, for people. People need positive community. So www.mindsetsportscommunity.life is a community that we're building. We have spaces for athletes and parents right now. And we're working on adding spaces for college athletes, referees, coaches. We're really trying to, to build uh, networks for people to be able to go have a mindset space where they can be themselves, learn and, and grow. Yeah. And I see that, I see that triangle again with parents, coaches, and athletes in this community page on your website. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we call mission critical. It's, it's important that a triangle is a shape of higher perspective. It, it's a, it's an accountability piece. It's a place where we can all work together and, and, and be a team. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And as always, it was great to talk to you. And I'm really looking forward to people hearing this episode. Thank you so much, Sonia. I hope you got a lot out of that. One of my favorite things was when he was talking about the mental weight that we carry around with us. And 
all of us do it. And number one is identifying what that mental weight is. What, what limits are you putting on yourself or what expectations are so heavy? And how can you work through those to lighten your load a little bit? Number two, I love how Brad talked about the importance of a strong foundation rooted in sleep and nutrition because a lot of us are trying to optimize things at the highest level, but we'll forget that our foundation has not been taken care of yet. Make sure that you check out mindsetsports.life. This is a phenomenal group of people who are building this business and are making a big difference in the world. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you are enjoying the show. And we so appreciate the reviews that you have been leaving. That is not going unnoticed and it definitely puts some wind in our sails. And as always, I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. We'll see you right back here next week.